What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're finna talk UFC 294, Makhlachev versus Volkanovski 2 for the lightweight strap and potentially the number one pound-for-pound spot again. Who knows? But as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Let's hear your picks. We're going to talk the whole card on this motherfucker. So let's hear your picks down below. Give us your bets, all that. We're trying to hear them. I'm Paul. Pick a one on Concha, and I'm joined with. You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Water boy, your boy, a.k.a. the Don P. Light, a.k.a. the realest on your screen. Oh, wow. You sure this is going to be a long episode? This is, we got, if those not watching, those listening, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube, Totally Blitz Podcast. Go check out the 294 so you can see what we're doing. I got a special editions for Loco Sour Warhead Sour Cosmic Punch flavor. I don't think this will be the first for Loco ever drunken on this podcast. Just know that I used to crack open one of these bad boys at 7 a.m. every day. When? In my free time. Oh. Ooh, tastes like water. But yeah, Kev. Sorry to cut you off there. I, well, I didn't even cut you off. The the, the drink stole the show. Mm. I don't know what I was saying, but the drink was in. I see you got the Dana shirt, though. Only for special occasions, right? I, I couldn't get myself one of the hair things. I don't want to disrespect it by calling it something it isn't. So I, I couldn't get myself one of those, but I came prepared at least a little bit. But hey, man, we're going to our favorite place, man, Fight Island. We're going to Abu Dhabi. We're in the desert with it. Yes, we is. Fun fact before we start the car, Kev. Volkanovski and uh, uh, and Makachev have both fought. They have five total fights at Abu Dhabi. They are 5-0 and at Abu Dhabi combined. Hmm. So this is not unfamiliar territory for Volkanovski, as I've seen some people like to say, oh, he's going in his backyard, da-da-da-da. I'm like, just no. Okanofsky was well open with a warm welcome last time he was there. Yeah. When's the last time both fought in um, Abu Dhabi? Max Holloway, the second one. Mm. And Islam's last performance at Abu Dhabi, I believe, was uh, what? Uh, that was Oliveira. Oliveira. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll be there eventually. We'll get our bands up. back but let's get it man there's a stack card and i went out my way to not look at it because i wanted to be surprised on the show so what fight are we talking first well first off we're gonna go all the way to the very first fight on the card we don't do this often mm. this is a fight that could main event in apex the co-main event a pay-per-view like this is a fight this is bruno silva Plus two oh five against UFC new new fighter Shara Megamedov, the one eyed Russian. Hmm. Known as arguably the greatest, one of the greatest Muay Thai prospects we've seen in a while. He's fucking he got he got he's a Russian Muay Thai champ. He fought over at Muay Thai. He's eleven and oh, one eye, got a bad temper. There's been video showing him fighting some people on the streets. Just for kissing, because that boy's a devout Muslim. You know, you're not supposed to be kissing in these streets, and that boy took care of business, allegedly. Uh, uh, but, I mean, this guy is legit, legit, legit. They've been, he was supposed to premiere, I think, in Bellator. He didn't. Um, 
Now he's in UFC to make it his UFC debut. Honestly, I, going up against a top 15 middleweight for his debut and his favorite is favorited minus 250. Oh, wow. Bruno Silva saying that plus 205. Like, this is absolutely insane odds. Like, honestly, some of me is telling people that are like, to bet Bruno Silva at plus 205 just because we haven't seen him, we haven't seen Shara Margamedov go up against someone of this caliber of opponent yet. You're like, we have, this is his first legit test, and you're giving him a, like, fucking, this is his first day of physics class, and you're giving him the final exam. Like, you don't do that. Like, this like this is crazy to me. But it is warranted because of how highly touted he is. He checks every fucking leg kick. He can throw an elbow down. He can throw a fucking left elbow down, cut you with a body kick a split second right after that. Like, there is, everything is so fluid with him. Um, he He's just probably the waiter hyping him up, Kev. I can't do it enough. Shara Megamedoff making his UFC debut. Minus 250, Bruno Silva plus 205. And Bruno Silva, I mean, he's the standard at middleweight right now. Uh, coming off a loss to Brandon Allen, not a bad loss. But he was hurting Brandon Allen up until Brandon Allen caught him and dropped him, and it got him into a submission. He knocked out Brad Tavares in the first round. He went to the he went decision with Alex Piera, um, striking like purely striking, and he was landing his own shots against Piera, which should give some people hype on like he can land shots against Romero Medoff. He was landing shots on Alex Piera. Um, he got submitted by Jared Mearshart, where Mearshart drops him, and it's a weird fight. He looked bad in that fight, but since then he's looked great. In fact, one win, one loss, but got new blood in the water at middleweight. Grant, wide open division. Are you rocking with the new blood, the new highly touted? I, I know you've seen him before. I sent you a picture right now. I know who you know who he is. He has he only has one eye. He's like the red hair Russian. He looks like a demon. Like he's a problem. I was it just sounds like a problem. I'm not gonna lie with you. I would love to take Bruno Silva. I gotta rock the sharp. Sean Magomedov, they know they know something. Having him go against a top 15 guy first fight, they know something we don't. This is like the equivalent of when Loma was fighting for like a fucking like a, a simple belt in his very first fight. Like a, it was like a regular belt or some shit. Like you just don't see UFC feeding a brand new guy right into the top 15 unless it's warranted off of something. I can respect it. Next fight, we're gonna talk. The good wood, Nathaniel Wood, is taking uh, off. Mohammed Naimov. Uh, wood is minus 340. Namov is plus 270. Namov is one of four Tazbekistan fighters. Uh, another one will actually be fighting later on in this card. So two of the four are on this card. And it should be a fun fight. Namov, Taekwondo base. He, whenever he got to like the, the the final 64, the best Taekwondo fighters of that year, like the, the top 64, I don't know what they call it. I don't want to disrespect it. He was ranked one. Okay. Like he is legit. We have like Vincent Henderson, Anthony Pettis, Charles, uh, Char, uh, Charles Barnett. Like there's some good fighters, championship pedigree fighters that have Taekwondo bases. And he was ranked one. Uh, he's, Making, I believe this is his UFC debut. Oh no, he had his debut was against Jamie Malarkey, where he got a second round KO viciously, 
And now he's taking on Nathaniel Goodwood. And if he beats Goodwood, who's already made a good name for himself as a prospect climbing up these um these prelim fights and stuff, like he kind of jumps the line and is now in that position. Nathaniel Wood is just looking to try to continue his win streak and um three fights in a row, one over Charles Jordan, Andre Philly, Charles Rosa, all really good names to have on your young career. So it is like the the little slightly older prospect that has a name for himself now is now taking on the new this new prospect. It is a big favorite for Nathaniel Wood, so the maybe the UFC is just going to feed Wood a decent guy. I'm going with my boy Goodwood, but it does scare me because he does throw wild shots and Namoy Taekwondo based, really good counter striker. He can, it, it does open up some shots, but I think Woods takedown offense is going to win him this fight. I think he gets it to the mat where Namov, uh, Namov doesn't really excel. He does have some wrestling in his uh, that he can do, but it's all offensive just because he's usually the bigger guy. I think he's going to get kind of welcome to the UFC moment in this one. Wow. Wow, your breakdowns are fucking insane this today. Like, you've been hitting it. I had to but, do a lot of research for this one. I was about to say, like, I didn't know which way I was going until you fucking tried to break down. So, I think I'm going to stay on the new guy track. If this dude, if they're bringing in new hitters that we've never seen before, I think we got to trust the UFC on this one. And then, um, that Ashen Juby. Onion Indian fighter on the car on the UFC roster is fighting this weekend. A little closer to home in Abu Dhabi. Du- is, Jubilee, is Jubilee zone this weekend in the Sino chat? 100% going to be Jubilee zone in the Sino chat. 1000%. That's something you can bet on. He's taking on Mike Breeden, who we just saw on August 12th. He was the guy that Terrence McKinney knocked down in the first round to get his swagger back. Um, he got beat up by Nathan Levy. He did show some resilience in the third round, but it was still a unanimous decision. He got knocked out by Aaron Hernandez. Not Aaron Hernandez. Alex, Alexander Hernandez. Um, mm-hmm. Those are all his fights in the UFC, 0-3. Honestly, probably on his way of getting cut, is taking on Anshu Jubilee, 7-0. Minus 300 favorite is Jubilee. Jubilee should win this fight, but my only – the one thing I would tell people is Jubilee is not that good of a fighter. Uh, he is getting the push because – UFC India, like they want to have major markets everywhere, but he isn't that good of a fighter. The people he beat on the regional scene were not that good. They were like really bad. So that seven and zero isn't really something to really look at and be like secured with. And yeah, he's. I would never bet on him at minus three hundred. Like there, there is a world where Mike Breeden, who could put some combos together and hurts Jubilee and can get a KO here. So I'm not going to – like, I would not bet on that. Do not add him to every parlay. Like, that – Julie should win based on his wrestling pedigree alone. But he can get caught. And he's, his, he's not a minus 300 kind of guy. Wow, Paul. I was expecting you to be all on the Jubilee train. So you're just going to leave me be on the Jubilee train by, by myself. You know Sino on the train, would you? I was about to say, I'm on the train because of Sino. Got a root for Jubilee. But uh, minus 300 is pretty insane. I never really, he's never really done too many things to really like impress me. It's made me think he's like this crazy, crazy, crazy good fighter. You know, he does get wins. But, yo, I'm looking forward to another Jubilee fight this weekend. 
All right, now let's jump up a little bit closer to the main card. Mohammed Mohammed Mukayev is taking on Tim Elliott. Another step up along his route to the top. Tim Elliott is a really good fighter. Um, is probably going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's been in the UFC forever. He's been holding down the flyweight position, uh, the flyweight for a long time. Great scrambler. So something Muhammad Muhammad Mukayev does a lot is his wrestling BJJ submissions. He's been wrestling since he moved, lived in England when he moved there as a boy. He's a really good wrestler, very dominant top patrol. We haven't seen him fight in a little while. He was very active, but last fight, he got his fucking knee bent almost like a U and, and a knee bar, and he didn't tap, even though his knee was literally indented. He lived through it, somehow got a rear naked choke in that same round to win the fight. But we get to see him now. We got to see how his leg is looking since the knee bar. Pretty big favorite, minus 450, taking on Tim Elliott. Should win it. Another fight where one guy should win it. But this is, again, another step up. So we're going to continue to see him take step up. This is another one where we're going to see how he responds. Are you going with Mohammed? Um, I do like Mohammed Mukhaib in this one. I'm not going to lie to you. But isn't Tim, you said Tim Elliott is minus 300? No, plus 350. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely taking Makai. I think there's going to be a lot of favorites, though, in this, in this, on this um, card. Yeah, they're all, there's a lot of massive favorites. Um, and usually for the, the Muslim uh, favor for this one. Mm-hmm. Next one. So I realized, Kev, we've been saying his, not, his name wrong this whole time. It's not said Nurmagomedov. It's Saeed Nurmagomedov. I realized that when I was watching Diane, John Anik and um, Kenny Florian, but I was like, nah, said we already locked in on said. But he's coming in minus 220 against Mion Gurfarov. Um, this is another, this is the second half of the Taz, the Tajikistan fighters. He is somebody who was known when he was outside of UFC. He debuted at one at 19 years old to fight the guy who who he, he lost his debut at 19 years old against Reese McLaurin, who went on to fight for the belt the very next fight and win it, and is a very good grappler. And then he fights the next guy, who's coming off a loss in a championship fight at one, and then he fights uh, someone else and loses, and that guy was coming off a fight, was a split decision loss to Corey Sanhagen. So all his losses are to, to like, a hitters, or, like, outside of UFC hitters. So... Very young career to start. Again, debuted at 19 years old and won FC. So we get to see him now. This is his second fight in the UFC. He's plus 180 going up against Said Nurmagomedov, Saeed Nurmagomedov. So, I mean, Saeed should win this fight. The other guy is a wild striker. He does wrestle. He does. He has wild strikes. And I think Saeed's just going to be able to pick him apart. He's a really good striker. He just kind of has to find his range and figure out the fight because he's been starting fights really slow in his last couple of fights. And I don't think he can – that he can't start off slow in this fight. Like, he has to go back to looking good. He, he has a – he coming off a loss to Jonathan Martinez, who we just saw almost break Adrian Giannis' leg last week. So not a bad loss. But, again, you want to get back into that wing column. What do you think about Sad? Right, so then you almost made me call him Saeed. Said Nurega Medoff is one of my favorite Nurega Medoffs because there's a lot of them, including Islam. But um, 
he's my favorite out of that camp. I do like the way he can um he uses his legs and the fact that he can he's very talented like at all three phases striking, like striking, kicking, and um wrestling. So I definitely got Sagan Mega Man off on this one. But do you see a chance for um other buddy to um upset him or is this because he has power and he does take down his he literally started fighting because his dad was the head of Sambo combat for ta- the, the country of Tazakhstan. Oh, wow. So he's been doing Sambo since young. He was the Sambo, Tazakhstan Sambo champion. So he does have Sambo. He's a good wrestler, but I think Sa- Saeed can, like, he's going to be, he's going to be able to stop the wrestling. He He's really good on um, grappler himself. And then when it comes to striking, I think he's just going to be able to pick apart uh, Gavarov. Because Gavarov just throws too many wild strikes. Hell yeah, it's gonna be precise. And then our next fight uh, on the main card, Akram Oskarov taking on Phil and Filer Wabri Alvarez. This is the biggest favorite on the card. He's minus six hundred. Ekrom is. Ekrom, like, honestly, they gave him. He got one win in the UFC, knockout win over Phil Hawes, where he just bodied Phil Hawes, left him there, and after that, they put him into the top fifteen. I think it's warranted. The only loss on his career is to Chemayev back in the day, like five years ago, it was against Chemayev, Hazmat Chemayev. And since then, he just looks like a world beater. I think Ikram Oskarov, he's going to continue to get wins until he probably has uh, him and Chemayev run it back in the rematch. Yeah. And yeah, this fill in fighter for Alvarez. Alvar, uh, Warley Alvarez is a fill in fighter. Taking a two week notice, like I don't think that's good if you're gonna be fighting someone like Akram. Their next fight, Megomed Ankalaev taking on Johnny Walker. Ankalaev oh. three fifty, Johnny Walker plus two seventy five. This should be a fun one. Uh, I think this is a banger. I think Johnny Walker's looked really good and really on point his last few fights. So this is gonna be fun. You got Johnny Johnny Walker crazy ass. And then you got Mokumet. You got Uncle Live ass who we haven't seen fights since that Glover fight. So a lot of people are really upset with Brother. Yeah, he got the draw. He was a he was just as big of a favorite in that fight that he is this fight. And that fight ended up in a draw. Mm-hmm. So what's the app? Do you think Johnny Walker goes crazy this fight? See I want to say he does, but Ankalaev is just a great technical striker that I think he counteracts what Johnny Walker is known for. Like Johnny Walker is going to catch you when you're slipping. He's going to he's going to throw that wild shot that you don't see coming. This Ankalaev, he doesn't blitz people. He doesn't bulldoze people. He just picks his shots on the outside and kind of just sits on it. Like he doesn't do anything extra. And I think that's just going to be Johnny Walker's kryptonite in this fight. Johnny Walker's going to try to throw the. Uh, he's just not. He, Johnny Walker's just going to be out, out, outclassed in this fight, in my opinion. Yeah, I can see that happening too. But like, I can also see him coming in and landing some crazy shit. But but it only being a three round fight, I think there's less chances to do that. So um, I could see. I'm gonna take Ankalaev, but I would love for Johnny Walker to do some wild ass shit. Yeah, no, I would too. I would say sprinkle something because out of all the major upsets on this fight, I think it could be this one. And it's mainly because Uncle Live, like I said, he was supposed to beat John Pahovitz, like easily. And he did it. 
And he kind of has this thing where it's come so easy to him and the fights get boring that he just kind of takes shit off and it allows shit to happen. And you can't do that with Johnny Walker. Like, if you allow Johnny Walker to land, like, that's going to change the whole fight. Facts. Then our co-main event, which was a shakeup in the last second, we'll kind of talk of that. Kamara Usman versus Hamzat Chemaev. Usman plus 230, Chemaev minus 280 on the odds. Yeah, this fight wasn't supposed to happen. What happened? Oh, my gosh. That boy, Paolo Acosta, he had surgery on his elbow, and he's not going to be able to come back in time. So I thought that was crazy because, you know, this Chemaev's Acosta's beef it stems back to that um that day that he came in like eight pounds overweight. And even that weekend, he seen to my um Cosmo seen um Hazma Hamza seen Paulo Acosta in the at, at the um at the training institute and called him a Brazilian pussy. Like you feel me? Like he was trying to throw hands with him there. So he finally got a chance to get his hands on him. Paulo Acosta fucks up his elbow, and it's pretty bad. But. To save the day, we got the former pound for pound number one, Kamaru Usman, coming through, taking a fight on what, eight days notice, 11 days notice? Yeah, and different weight class. Back. So, like, this is going to be crazy because I think Hamzat was just training for anything. I don't think he really, like, trains like, oh, I'm going to stop him from this. Maybe he watched film, maybe he didn't. I don't know, his training camp. But I don't know, I think he was too worried about that fight. I think now with Usman coming in, I was like, okay, now we got a fight on our hands. And the motherfucker better come in on weight. Oh, he said this is at middleweight, 185. is it? When he was trying to make 170, and this was the fight that people wanted to see at 170 also. So, like, we're kind of getting the best of both worlds. It is kind of shaky after Usman's last performance. Like, where how are his knees going to look? Uh, to my the younger guy like there there are some different variables to now that we didn't have a year and a half ago or at least they didn't come to surface yet yeah that's facts it should be a fun fight i mean uzman when he lined up against john blahovitz remember their face off like last year or so when they were hinting at maybe they'll fight each other he looked just as big if not bigger than yon and yon's 205 lightweight uh, light heavyweight so like who's people I think people thinking he's gonna come in as a smaller guy are gonna be kind of mistaken. But it is definitely his first time fighting at middleweight. So that is gonna be new territory. They punch harder, it is different. So how how do you see do you think Usman still got enough in the tank? Is he gonna is and I know it's gonna be a competitive three round fight, but do you think it's you think Usman shows him? So no such thing as MMA map. MMA map. MMA map doesn't exist. But I'm thinking Hamza versus Gilbert Burns, and I'm thinking Gilbert Burns versus Usman. These are two completely different fights. I'm thinking Hamza, Gilbert Burns won the second round. Like Hamza, and they fought a close third round. Usman handled business against Gilbert Burns, but that was also, what, like three, four years ago? So there's no such thing as MMA, but that's a point of reference that's in my head. And I'm looking at it like, hmm. If Usman needs stay right, he could do it. But the safe pick is Hamza. Hamza's a killer. But if Usman could keep his knees on point, it's tough. And you and wrestle the fuck out my dog, I like it. But if he's very like stiff, like when he fought um 
not stiff, but when being very one dimensional, like when he fought Leon Edwards, I got um, I'm gonna take Hamza, and that's me. I'm gonna take Hamza because I, I don't know what's the likeliness of him coming in um stiff or not, so I'm not gonna test it. So I'm gonna go with Hamza just because he's younger. His I know his where his knees are at. Like I just can't see Kamara trying to defend takedowns for 15 minutes at the how how strong Tremayev is. Like at that relentlessness, it's gonna be a long night. And then if he wants to do his own offensive wrestling too, I just it's just I can't bet on the knees, boy. Can't bet on the knees. Uh, but I I do think also just Tremayev is gonna be I think the faster guy and the better stand up fighter. We keep watching the Jorge Masvidal knockout, and we keep not watching the Gilbert Burns knock uh, when he fucking just hit him with a clean one across the middle. Uh, but it's this is Chimaev. Uh, both of those guys were very worried about Usman shooting a takedown, taking him down. I think Chimaev doesn't have to worry about that, and I think Chimaev's gonna be landing some very nasty shots on the stand up. And uh, I I like Chimaev here, and I think honestly I like Chimaev to get the finish. I think Shemaev finishes Kamara Usman in three rounds. I don't know if it's a submission. I don't know if it's a knockout. But I, I, I like Shemaev to finish Usman, and I, I, that's going to be my pick right there. What do you think about that, Kev? I'm over here thinking about the incident before I put it right in my head. But um, Shemaev finishing Usman here. I think I kind of like going back and forth in my head because I want to take Usman. Because I love Usman, I'm going to make him my official pick. I'm going to change it from Hamzat. I love Usman. Yeah, I'm going to take it. Even though Hamzat is the smarter, safer pick. And more, and the guy I actually think is going to win. But I love Usman too much. I don't know how many more times we get the root for Usman. But um, Hamzat is just a monster. He's an animal. I, just, I think he's, he's, he's going to finish him. I don't know if it's sub or KO, but I, I think he gets it done in three rounds. Oh, no. I I genuinely don't know how this fight goes. I'm mad it's a three round fight because if, if Usman if Usman opens up and he can, it's going all three rounds and it's going to be close. But if there's no opening up in the striking mainly and he's letting the hot Hamzat um dictate when they go to the ground, that shit ain't looking too good. And then on to our main event, Kev. Islam Makhachev taking on Alexander Volkanovsky, the rematch. I wish it could have been a full camp, but Volkanovsky's filling in. We're not going to get the Oliveira uh, fight. Oliveira, what what the cut on his eye? Yeah, that was bad. A cut on his eye like two weeks before a fight happens. Volkanovsky fills in. This is for the lightweight strap right here. This is the rematch, Kev. How do you feel? I know who you thought won the first one, but this is different territory now. We got someone filling in on less than two weeks. Not a full camp. Like, Does that affect your pick at all? Volk won the first fight. And Jamari told me, Jamari from our boxing episodes told us, told me to tell you that Volk's going to win the rematch. <laughs> Did a finish? Do you see a finish coming? No, 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 no. You seen that got Islam in trouble last time. I mean, I think it's gonna be deep on getting out of those positions where he was really stuck on the ground that last fight. There are a lot of situations he was stuck. He wasn't moving it slightly. And he underestimated his striking. 
Yeah. So to to see that to see if both can um capitalize on that is is what I'm looking for. They they definitely been working the the positions because in camp, Greg Jones showed film and he has like these ten minute sessions where they just put him in bad positions and he has and then they have like five guys rotating. Um, at all times, different positions. He has to fight out. Of, and they're all – and they're taking footage of what Islam does and putting him in those positions, like those side angles, got the wrist, arm around you, dragging you to the ground. Like, they're, and I'm like, okay. Like, as a, as a non-believer, it is making me kind of believe. Yeah. But, nah, this fight is going to be bonkers because, you know, Islam's trying to redeem himself because he felt like that was his best performance in the last fight. Hundred percent, and and it, it, I know I said you can't say Bulk's in, the, in bad territory, but it, it is something real that Islam is in Abu Dhabi. Like this is the Muslim capital. Like he's, this is like in front of his people. You know what I mean? Like he's feeling like the the power of his people on his back, even though they're not in Dagestan, Russia. I don't know, man. We saw them fight in Australia. Like I don't know how much that means. That's true. Well. Volkanovski is one thing I think you said about he he underestimated the striking, but I also believe it's just you have to worry. You know, like how Habib, remember how Habib looked in his early UFC fights? His striking was so bad, like he was whiffing. Like they people have compilation videos of him just whiffing on big hooks, and then you see him fight like Justin Gaethje, and he's able to knock him down. And it's because it's not because his striking got better; it's because they're so worried about the takedown. And I think that's Volkanovski, like. Volkanovski's just so worried about the takedown that Islam that opens up the counter punching for Islam. I'm I'm rocking with my boy Islam. I at minus two sixty odds and and the it's closer odds even though Volkanovski's the one that is coming down short notice. I think that's gonna hamper where I'm not worried about him not being able to go five rounds, but he hasn't had a full camp to get back into fight shape. Like there's a difference between being in shape constantly. Like, people that are at home right now that go to the gym twice a week, they think they're in shape. That's not peak professional sport shape. Like, getting the reason why they have these camps and cardio is a big thing. And I think that's going to be the big thing here. Islam's going to be in peak performance for five rounds, where Volk, I think, may fade after the second and third round. Not fade, like, fall off a cliff like how other fighters do. We'll still see Volk be able to do his thing, but I just don't think he'll be able to keep up to the pace of Islam's. I see. We'll see, because that's a really good point, because Islam probably has one of the best paces in the UFC. So to do, be able to keep up with that on eight, 11 days notice is, power, is crazy. But if there's anybody that can do it, it's my dog, Alexander the Great. I Marcus really picked him too, by the way. Oh, yeah. You look – yeah, you Islam chops. The crazy no, no, no. He picked, he picked Alexander the Great. No, and I'm talking about you, you Islam oh. But yeah, it's Alexander the Great, man. All the way, I really see that he they they studied the what happened, what went wrong, and they probably even figured out what the what a, what Islam's next game plan is gonna be like. I don't know. I really feel like they put this together and they said if they had one more chance, they need to go. But what happened to dude that was originally supposed to be the backup fighter? Marquise Gamrot, oh, what a guy. He gets, I mean. He he was supposed to be the fill-in fighter. He was the backup fighter. I guess there's a difference between being the backup fighter and like there was they people broke it down. There's apparently a difference, but like Gamrod was pissed. A lot of the UFC was pissed, and it's because he was told he's the 
backup fighter. Oliveira gets out. Next thing you know, they announced Volkanovski. Uh, so people said that he went, he took a plane to the UFC headquarters. I haven't heard anything since. I don't know if he got talked with Dan and basically Dan said shut up. But I think I can speak with everyone watching in yourself, Kev, where yes, what the UFC did was wrong by putting up, telling someone they're a backup fighter and then pulling shit like this. But as the UFC audience, are we upset with the, the choice that was made by daddy old boss man himself? Like, are you, if this was the, if they were, if they were billing this as Gamrot versus Makachev, are you getting just as hyped for this card as you are in Volkanovski and Makachev too? Fuck no. This card literally, I've, I'm really good at not thinking about things because I don't like to force them to come early. So I didn't think about the Charles and Islam card so hard because I was like, yeah, October is going to be a minute. I'm not going to stress it. It's coming. Then when they switched it up, I chose – I had no excitement on my face. I was like, I fight. When they do this walkout, I'm going to have chills coming down my spine. It's about to be insane. Yeah, and the only thing I, I wish it was a full camp fight so we could see them at their best and there's no excuses afterwards. But these are both – I think these are both prideful men that don't have excuses afterwards. Hell, yeah. And I don't know, man. Both going to find something deep. He's done it before. It, both Hall of Famers, both legends, and both arguably are pound for pound. If they're not one, they're two, and they're not two, they're three because John Jones still exists. But thank you, everyone, for watching. Again, UFC 294 uh, – what time is this card? This card's gonna be earlier, isn't At it? At two p.m. From ten a.m. to two p.m. Damn, I do work that day. I was hoping it's a late card. Obviously, I, if it's a late card, I'll definitely be off for this one. But I, I definitely will be watching. Fuck the customers on Saturday. We watching UFC two ninety four, Makachev versus Volkanovski two, the rematch, and again Usman, Jamaev, Ankalaev, Walker, Askarov, Alves, Nomega, Medoff, Golfovov, Tim Elliott. Makayev, and then Shara Mamegov's debut for the UFC. Tune in early for this card. As Again, thank y'all for watching. Like and subscribe. Comment down below your picks and your bets. We want to hear them. I'm Paul Pickle-Winham. Join with Kevin, the Street Fight Enthusiast Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, well, now y'all know, motherfuckers. <laughs>